when we writers have the most inadequate offerings to advance the nib of a pen or the characters of a computer's keyboard or to relate to this medium through a microphone. It's as though the wherewithal, and in this instance the brain power, desists to perform. Evenly there are sensational moments when words and sentences and punctuation placement steamrolls through one's mind like a well, like a cascading waterfall with no restricting barrier. At these times, my processor, to the unsuspecting ear, could be mistaken for a pair of dancers' reels tapping their way through an audition for the Irish River Dance. Before I proceed with the self-indulgent purpose of this blog post, I shall address a business of ornamenting myself with the title of writer. I consider myself in such regard not because I've acquired formal training in this field or because I'm paid to do so. Alas, neither is true. In the identical way that an uncommissioned artist continues to create their art for their personal fulfilment, I too write and therefore feel I am a writer. I should suppose the message that I'm attempting to convey is this. If you feel it, and you believe your craft and competence merit value, then you are. Forgive my effortless digression, though to have offered a perspective by which I hope you'd agree with counterbalances my chaoticness of mind, which led you astray so early on in your listening. I shall be speaking about Nigella. Akin with musical icons such as Mariah, Cher and Madonna, Nigella, in the culinary world, warrants no surname to be identified, and that in itself is a trademark of real accomplishment. A reliable household name, unquestionably, within the four walls of my London dwelling, anyhow. If you follow Nigella on her social media platforms, not only will you be privy to the tempting inspirations aiming to satisfy everybody's quotidian quandary of what to cook with the hashtag recipe of the day, you'll further be aware of the importance that Thursday the 29th of October this year, 2020, signified. And if you're not, however, then please allow me to elucidate. Aptly dubbed Queen by the Guardian newspaper's colour supplement, Weekend, Nigella will release her 12th cookbook titled Cook, Eat, Repeat. On first learning of this upcoming title, I remarked to a colleague just what a truism those three words embody to our everyday routines. This title will vary in its application to each person though. Some folks carry out the first step, cook, as a singular execution by simply instructing seven minutes or so on their microwave keypad before proceeding with phase two, eat, in the taste of vacant regularity. And so this routine repeats, which of course encircles the rhythm. Though my words may strike harshly and appear churlish to some degree, I can't help but commiserate those who descend into such a dismal trap though I surmise such an existence for those who inhabit it wouldn't consider themselves confined at all, not even remotely so if, 
Well, if indeed the preferred course of action of, dare I say, culinary action, is what they have chosen. If home cooking presents a financial burden, then that's a separate matter entirely. Though to pose the counter-argument, if I may, I'll briefly add that some roughly chopped root vegetables, a scant amount of pearl barley, red lentils, and a teaspoon of corn flour, a tablespoon of mixed herbs and spices, and meat if you're inclined, simmered in a stock-infused water base will yield a delicious casserole that's both economically viable and lasts for days. Do pay consideration to the praise I offer to the slow cooker crockpot. It fulfills its obligations all in good time for your return home from a tiresome day. For my needs, it's an essential kitchen accessory. For this time of year, the home cosily pervaded with the aromas of hearty goodness and not a ping of the microwave intrusion in earshot. Other folks will exist within a radically different routine. That's to say, every morsel that passes between their lips will have been demandingly produced from scratch, all but grinding wheat for flour, one would presume. Excuse my quip, I, I applaud such relentlessness, I absolutely do. That said, my life doesn't quite accommodate for such an arduous cycle of homesteading. Like most adults, I work, thus having surrendered to several shortcuts here and there for ease. Not that I'm embarrassed by this, you understand. I'm genuinely charmed with myself upon the discovery of a new time saver that doesn't compromise on quality. A prime example of this is marinated roasted peppers. The way I discern it, somebody else had previously carried out the sedulous task, leaving me to reap the blackened benefit from every supremely charred mouthful of whatever dish to which they were added. My tolerant approach to jarred goods does have its limitations, mind. It doesn't extend to a jar of ragu, say. Its usage for me would omit the spontaneity from the cookery process. Building on an idea and balancing flavours to please one's personal palate is surely the sport for anyone that enjoys cooking. Whether you're the convenient kind or the cook-from-scratch type, if it works for you, then that's what matters. And if it doesn't, then make a change that suits. Like everything, I believe balance is key. Whilst I don't eat those peel-back plastic meals, and not owning a microwave does impede this act, even if I was to ever toil with the inclination, I'm nevertheless partial to the occasional dalliance with freezer food. For somebody that loves to prepare fresh meals, it almost feels contradictory to say this, though I'm unashamed to. I receive enormous comfort just knowing that there is a bag of oven chips and hash browns stowed away in the deep freeze for when the only magic trick that I want to perform is to produce a sheet pan from the cupboard. I can't remember a time when I wasn't aware of Nigella's presence. Indeed, I've regularly watched her television programmes as far back as the Channel 4 days. The shows used to be presented differently to those of the later years. There always appeared to be a hurried haste in everything that Nigella prepared, with cameras frantically zooming in and zooming out as she, figuratively speaking, cartwheeled throughout the kitchen. I suppose this was just a reflection of Nigella's actual life as a hard-working mother. As the years have ensued, the show has reduced pace, and may I say, to a most welcomed one, expressly the last two series have been what I can only describe as 30-minute cookery movies. 
perfect rays of artificial matutinal light beamed through the patio windows onto a remarkable purpose-built kitchen set where our queen stood elegantly in a silk robe effortlessly whipping up a batch of homemade waffles with a scattering of fresh blueberries. The entire visual is absolutely stunning to behold. As impressive as it all is, and it really is impressive, I do have one small gripe to bear, and I confess this as an inherently curious and nosy person. I rather wish those programmes were recorded in her genuine London home, not least for authenticity, but to catch a glimpse of her handsomely stocked pantry, as well as the other rooms in her home. Nevertheless, I enjoy the mini-movies immensely and am perpetually left with oodles of inspiration for my forthcoming meals every time I watch them, which is very often. I'll briefly share a personal anecdote with you. Upon leaving a job in 2007, I was gifted by my then colleagues a departing present. That present was Nigella's first offering, How to Eat, the pleasures and principles of good food. I was utterly underwhelmed by it. I remember thinking, where are the photographs? I'm absolutely embarrassed to declare that I consigned the book to my parents' attic, where it remained for the 12 lonesome years that ensued. Over that time, I'd been busy collecting her subsequent books, which I now treasure, and so finally retrieved How to Eat last year to complete the family in somewhat of a backwards fashion. And very pleased I am with that decision, I am too. The maturer me now appreciates the book for what it serves to be. A guide to cooking, time-saving tips, and many recommendations for good food. I mean, it's all there in the title. At the time of writing this article and subsequently recording this podcast, I'm listening to the audio version of How to Eat, which, spoken in Nigella's richly smooth tone, is pleasing in stereo. In the interest of time and length, I won't go into detail about the other books from Nigella, though I easily could. I will briefly give mention to Nigella Express. This book holds a special place in my heart. Additionally, at the time of writing, At My Table and Simply Nigella are the books that I'm cooking from currently. Overall, what I love about Nigella's work is the flow of her writing, the way that I feel instantly engaged. I absorb the words as though they were written for my eyes only, as if she had intended for there to be a conversation, perhaps. The subtitle for the new book is Ingredients, Recipes and Stories. Of course, I'm very eager to discover the latest must-have ingredients and the new recipes. Still, equally, I'm much looking forward to reading her stories, which, in previous books, commonly centred around the recipes and how they came into fruition. My blog post and this podcast has been written from the perspective of somebody who feels genuinely inspired and excited for the release of the new cookbook, as many other Nigella enthusiasts do also. For me, it's Nigella's laid-back style and the anecdotes she shares that elevate her books and television shows above all other cookery and food writer authors. To coin one of her highly memorable phrases, 
Within Cook, Eat, Repeat, I believe that with the turn of every page, deep, deep joy awaits. Join me again for the next edition of The Englishman's Journal.